And hello and welcome to Strategic Insights Radio. This broadcast is being sponsored by Made Right of Duluth and hosted by CEO of Sterling Rose Consulting Corps, Vlad Ruz. Vlad is a serial entrepreneur who currently owns four companies ranging from just under two years old to over seven years of age with net revenues of $175,000. We've got to pick that one up there, Vlad. Get it to over $5 million like one of your other companies. Today's show, we'll be discussing the difference between starting your own independent business versus owning a franchise. Thank you, Mike and Business Radio X. Today, Strategic Insights Radio is proud to introduce the owner of Executive Advantage, Inc., which has a master license to personal business advisors, Kevin Williams, and Chief Operating Officer for Executive Advantage, Inc., and Senior Advisor for Personal Business Advisors, Chris Williams. Now, Kevin Williams comes from to our show with an extensive experience in management, sales, marketing, services, and operations, working across the globe with some of the wor- world's largest retailers, professional sports teams, and other high-profile institutions. In addition, Kevin has spent over 40 years in the photo industry working for industry giants such as Eastman Kodak, AGFA, and Naritsu. Now, Kevin Williams owns a master license to Personal Business Advisors, LLC, a 13-year-old company based in Texas that conducts both business both domestically and internationally. Personal Business Advisors works with executives that are ready to move from the corporate world into entrepreneurship, while Chris Chris's experience comes from real estate investment and refurbishing space in addition to extensive sales and political consulting experience. Kevin and Chris, thank you both for being on Strategic Insights Radio, uh, which is sponsored by May Wright of Duluth. Before we dive into our topic on the differences between starting your own business versus owning a franchise, just wanted to ask, why after all the years of corporate experience did you decide to buy a master license with personal business advisors? Vlad, first of all, thank you so much for having us today. We really appreciate that. Uh, as it relates to my decision itself, I was really in a position, uh, you hear us talk about it quite often, those who hang around us, and that we get, uh, personally, I was tired of making money for somebody else. And that's the scenario in corporate America is uh, today's environment is a quick turn environment. They're always looking for you to make money for them. And the loyalty has been lost in that. So I decided to venture out beyond corporate America and do something on my own. And I spent time with an advisor and I explored a lot of different opportunities. And through that process, I wound up with personal business advisors because it was what fit me at the time. And I think individually, everybody needs to analyze that on an ongoing basis, what really works for you and where you are in life. So that's why I chose uh, personal business advisors. Thank you, Kevin. Now, as a small business owner, I understand entrepreneurship, but not necessarily what owning a franchise means. Can you explain a little bit more about what franchises are and, and how those what is really the, the key aspects of franchises? Well, Vlad, the International Franchising Association defines franchising as a method of distributing products or services. At least two levels of people are involved in the franchise system. The franchisor who lends his trademark or trade name and business system and the franchisee who pays a royalty and often an initial fee for the right to do business under that franchise name and system. So it doesn't get much more textbook than that, but we wanted to be very accurate when defining it. Yeah, definitely. And again, according to the IFA, there's over 770,000 franchises. And in 2015, the franchise sector is projected to be 8.1% of the U.S. GDP. 
And this growth and success trend has been occurring over over the last five years. And obviously, there are reasons why someone who buys a franchise versus starting their own business. And you know, one of the one of the main aspects really is that franchise owners tend to be a lot more successful, uh, whereas the percentages of businesses that succeed that are startups is relatively low. As soon as you move into the franchise space, that success rate is much higher. So what are some of the reasons that somebody would be looking to start their own franchise other than the obvious possible success factors? Well, one of the things, as you stated, it's about a trillion dollars in business per year. And one of the things you get from a franchise is, to your point, the success rate is much, much higher uh, using a franchise and starting out on your on your own. You start out on your own, you got to do your own research, and uh, the re- really the franchise or does that for you in this process. And that's the number one reason is you come with a solid background to get you started. And once you're started, uh, you get the headquarters support. So they've gone through all the bumps and bruises that, say, a sole proprietor will be doing on their own. These folks have already gone through it. They've got the learnings from it, and they teach you uh, not only in the upfront when you take buy the franchise, but on an ongoing basis. So things change. Our economy changes. And through that process, you're going to have to have make adjustments to the business. But collectively, they're getting very valuable input back, and the headquarters support is something that you will need not only starting out but ongoing, and that, that's a big help. And one of the things from a franchise perspective as well is the FTC – uh, really controls the franchisor, and they get, make them give you documentation relative to the ups and the downs about the business. So it's a really solid program that is, has uh, proven success, and most of the people who get into franchises, they wind up being multiple franchise owners. So it's kind of a proven process from that perspective. Well, in, a, in addition to that, you have the selling power of a known brand, um, and that, that's vitally important that an established brand is something that you can actually buy into. And you also have the the power of the the redu- reduction of the operating costs through group purchases and an established business model. So it kind of takes a, a little bit of the guesswork out of it for you as well. Yeah, definitely. And really, it's a lot more about just having that support. I think that's important mm-hmm. for a lot of people. From myself personally, working with a lot of startups and a lot of people moving away from their corporate jobs into starting a company, looking at it from a cost perspective, I think a lot of people do see maybe a little bit of a bigger price tag for a franchise. But when you run the numbers and put together a business plan and really understand what it takes to start your own independent business, then you start to get a more true feel for what really the value that a franchisor provides to the business. Now, one of the main, one of the main reasons that people choose to become a franchise rather than start their own business is obviously the support that we just talked about. And just to back that up a little bit, let's start with the fact that there are over 900,000 different franchise businesses spread across 300 business categories in the U.S. So how would one choose what franchise to start? That's an excellent question. With that many out there, uh, what we do at Executive Advantage is we actually run our candidates through an interview process. So what we do is try to match them up with exactly what they have to spend because with inside of franchising and that many different models, there's all kind of uh, entry levels. So when we talk to someone who's looking for uh, a business model, we have a very um, laid back process. We spend about 30 minutes asking that candidate, you know, how much they have to spend and what their passion in life is and what they really want to see the outcome being. 
And then what we do with that, that interview information is we take that internally and we start looking at the different categories to see exactly what we can offer back to this candidate relative to those number of franchises. And what, what we typically do is about four to six to keep them from becoming overwhelmed with uh, the number of franchises to, to look at. And um, they kind of take that and do a 30,000-foot view of it, and then they narrow it down until exactly they get the one that, that they want, and it works for them. Yeah, definitely. I think that's very important for somebody to go through that interview process to understand what the benefits and drawbacks of each of the kind of franchise that they want to do. Now, looking at how people decide which franchise to purchase, what are the different types of franchises? Well, there's there's two. Uh, one is a product trade name franchise. The other is a business format franchise. And the product trade name is like a Coca-Cola, uh, you know, a Ford Motor Company type of franchise. The other that we're more accustomed to is a business format franchising, and that's more the standard uh, McDonald's, cleaning services, karate studios, and those types of things. And that's where they really come in and support you and really tell you, you know, what size cups to have, how many that you need, what type of the food, and uh, kind of define it out very specifically how the franchise itself uh, runs. Exactly. And going a little bit deeper into that, obviously, that also is going to define how much money somebody has to spend and what their expertise are. And I think that's important for somebody to consider uh, because obviously a product type franchise is going to give them or expect them to use a different kind of skill set than a service type franchise. And sometimes that's very important. If you're open up a karate studio, usually you probably want to have some background in defense training and and, uh, things of that nature to be able to really perform. And I think part of the franchisor's agreement, a lot of times they really look at, they go through the same interview process as they would be hiring another employee because for them that sometimes that's really what it is. Well, the, really the expertise comes from the franchisor. And one of the things, you know, great example of the karate studio. Um, one of the things you don't want to do when you get into the franchise business is work in the business. You want to work on the business. You want to be growing it. So you don't want to be the one out actually doing the karate training, for example. And that's an excellent example of that. But you want to be out working the market and bringing people in. And that's exactly where you get the expertise of headquarters to help you guide and direct all those types of things. So that's an excellent point on that. So after a person decides which type of franchise they're interested in and is thinking about buying into a franchise, what questions should they really be asking the franchisor before they make that purchase? Well, Vlad, I can't stress this enough. You need to talk to your CPA and a franchise a lawyer prior to making any type of determination. But after you have those initial conversations with those two people, um, the kind of the 10 questions, and these, this is not an exhaustive list, list by any stretch of the imagination, but kind of 10 questions to get you started um, would be, what is the total cost of the franchise? What is the franchise fee plus what is the total cost of ownership? Uh, how long has the business been operating? How many franchisees do they have now and how many fail to achieve the franchise projections does the sector of the franchise operate in a have a long-term future is the business seasonal what support is provided to the franchisee what is the role of a franchisee what skills and competencies does a franchisee need how does the business how has the business been set up 
and is it correct according to the industry standards? And this is the most important question that I can think for anyone to ask is, can I speak to an existing franchisee? Because they are going to give you more information and better insight than even the franchisor might be able to. So definitely have that initial conversation with someone who's already doing the business every day. Absolutely. Vlad, a quick reminder, this episode of Strategic Insights Radio is sponsored by Made Right of Duluth, a different type of home cleaning service. At Made Right of Duluth, they customize a house cleaning plan to fit their clients' unique needs and busy lifestyle. To book your free cleaning estimate, contact Made Right of Duluth at 678-335-5851. 678-335-5851. Back to you, Vlad. And again, uh, we're speaking with Kevin Williams, the owner of Executive Advantage, Inc., and Master License Holder for Personal Business Advisors, and Chris Williams, the Chief Operating Officer for Executive Advantage, Inc., and a Senior Advisor for Personal Business Advisors. We're talking about what a business owner or a to-be business owner and franchise owner should ask the franchisor, and definitely asking to speak to a current franchise owner is definitely important and i think for a lot of people that can even happen by walking into a local franchise and just speaking with that owner most of the time i from what from my experience that owner is more than happy to share that knowledge because the more franchise as a franchise owner the more franchises there are obviously that builds out the brand for the business so that's a direct benefit to his personal business as well so when we're talking about money do the franchisors tell the franchisee how much money they're going to make in the business? Well, that's a good question. And I think that uh, on the most part, what they do is they'll give them a uh, franchise disclosure document. And some companies actually offer up an item 19. And what they will do is give you the specifics of a certain location. But they would never say to someone who's looking to purchase a franchise, if you buy this franchise, you will make X amount of money. There's so many variables in that process, and the franchisor can only give you the foundation for running a successful business. Uh, if you choose to go off and chase your own rabbit, if you will, and not follow the criteria of the franchise, uh, you could be detrimental to the business. Uh, economy obviously plays in, so that's one of the questions, as you were talking earlier, Chris, about uh, the questions asked, is it seasonal? Uh, a lot of those different variables come into play. So a franchisor would actually walk back from actually saying, you know, you start this business today and six months from now, you're going to make 100000 200000 But what they might give you is a range of what you can make in that business. Now, again, to Christopher's last uh, statement about talk to a franchisee, a franchisee will probably give you more detail relative to his own or her own experience in starting the business uh, so you're going to get a wide range there as well. Is it a startup that's only been there a while? So you want to talk to somebody who has just initially gotten into the business, and then you also want to talk to someone who's been doing this for a long, long time to give you a really good foundation of how much can I make in this process. Definitely, and I've even seen situations where, depending on the franchise, there are local support groups that are put together by franchisees to help each other out and also know the rest of the owners that are part of that brand. And that can also be another step into understanding a lot more about the franchises, maybe attending one of those groups if that's available in your area. Now, looking at a business format franchise, this is where somebody purchases 
a franchise license that is centered around a business format. Is there a typical startup fee and ongoing percentage fee that people pay in order to buy that license? The answer is uh, absolutely there is a fee going in, and the fees themselves can um, can range, uh, you know, from low 30s uh, all the way into, you know, hundreds of thousands, depending on which type of franchise you're looking at. So the, uh, the amount varies, the percentages of commissions, they will vary as well. And one of the things that we do from a personal business advisor standpoint is that we take a look at what they're telling us that the candidate is uh, capable of purchasing. And we try to put them in that bucket um, as it relates to what they're willing to spend. As they move forward with a franchise or the type of questions that Chris mentioned earlier are things that will uncover exactly what we would call the all-in cost. Because the franchise fee might be low, but your build-out for a retail location and all the other incidentals that come into play could be extremely high. Um, so you want to play all those things out and, and put them uh, into account when you talk to your CPA. And your franchise attorney as well is very accustomed to look at those types of things to see what your final cost might be. But there's a wide range uh, getting into any franchise uh, as to what the initial costs are. Definitely. And that's one of the things that I work on with my clients is really understanding what is your total cost of starting the business. Because what a lot of people might look at is, okay, well, what's my build-out cost? What's my franchise fee or what are my licensing fees that I have to pay in order to start this business. But sometimes with certain businesses, it can take six months to a year, maybe two years, depending on the business before you really start seeing a lot of money come in or before you reach your break-even point. And that's where you see a lot of restaurants, for example, fail is they run out of cash, right? That's right. Everybody knows that's, that's correct. Right. Yeah. The reason restaurants fail is because they run out of money. And that's because they look at the build-out cost. They look at maybe starting, you know, if they're starting their own business, how much it's going to cost them or if they're licensing from a franchise or what that's going to cost. But they don't take into account that what is the working capital requirements? What am I going to have money do I need in order to keep this business going? And those could be mitigated early on as well. It's a lot easier to get extra capital into a business when you start it rather than when you're a year into it and you don't have any money left. No. that's usually at that point, it's sometimes just too late when business owners realize that they're running out of money. So you have to make sure you have enough capital to sustain the business until it becomes successful. And looking at the costs in order to do that with a franchise, do franchisors typically provide the franchisee with both the ongoing and that they should be expecting to pay and the startup it is, yes, it's very clear in all the documentation. As a matter of fact, uh, 14 days prior to signing any documentation, FTC, uh, FTC does require the uh, layout of the information relative to what it takes to run it. So it should be no surprises. But again, in case somebody has forgotten something and, and uh, the franchisees that are already doing it are going to give you real-life scenario relative to what the costs are. So it's it's all just as you would do in anything, do due diligence um, and uh, talk to many people, get professional advice. Uh, but again, the franchise scenario is very strong for making sure that you're successful compared to being a sole proprietor. The next topic I wanted to get a little bit more into is depending on the franchisor, I have seen a, a good amount of them really focus on the veteran population. How do franchises or what have you seen that franchises with the 
helping veterans get into businesses. Some of them do offer some discounts as far as their initial franchise fee. Obviously, not all of them are going to do that. But we have to consider that without our veterans, we wouldn't be here to operate businesses and we wouldn't have the amazing free country that we do have. Um, so I think that they're starting to recognize having the value of the, uh, the veteran base out there. And one of the, one of the things that we like to tell people is that, you know, without the, without the veterans, we wouldn't be here doing business and that, you know, the, the franchisor really is starting to recognize the value of having them having them on board. Absolutely. This episode of Strategic Insights Radio is sponsored by Made Right of Duluth, a different type of home cleaning service. At Made Right of Duluth, they customize a house cleaning plan to fit their clients' unique needs and busy lifestyle. To book your free cleaning estimate, contact Made Right of Duluth at 678-335-5851. Welcome back. And again, we're speaking with Kevin Williams, the owner of Executive Advantage, Inc., and Master License Holder to Personal Business Advisors and Chris Williams, Chief Operating Officer of Executive Advantage, Inc., and Senior Advisor for Personal Business Advisors. And we're discussing why people choose to purchase a franchise rather than start their own business and what the pros and cons of that are. Now, we looked at a lot of reasons why people would purchase a franchise versus starting their own business. And I wanted to look at what kind of candidates for starting a no, your own business versus starting a franchise. And uh, the reason I want to go, go into that is because we've always, we always discuss about what an entrepreneur looks like, what entrepreneurs do and how they think. And a lot of times, a lot of people don't fit into that category uh, because it does take a lot of knowledge and expertise to run a successful company from start to finish. And I think that's where franchisors a lot of times provide a lot of support to business owners to make sure that they can have that success so that a person doesn't have to be an accountant and a lawyer and a operator and do everything from A to Z in their business or know how to do everything from A to Z. They can rely on the expertise of the franchisor to help them through setting up the business, operating the business and running it successfully. And I think that's why the success rates for franchises are so much higher than for people starting their own business. In your opinion, what other factors really affect from a franchise perspective that really separate out the successful franchise owners from those that start but never really see it through? Well, your your successful franchise owners are going to be the ones who clearly understand that here's the process and we're going to follow it and we're going to stay with it. Uh, you know, we talked earlier about veterans. And when you look at people that come from the military, they're very good at uh, listening to the instructions of their superiors and following those instructions to a T. Therefore, when they go into uh, into a critical situation, they're ready. They know what to expect. They know how to handle it, and uh, it's a good process. So when you look at franchising and you look at veterans, veterans are really good uh, people to step into this uh, and to really fall into a franchise and follow those process and find out something. If they have passion around it, they're going to be very, very successful at what they do because they understand it's a proven process. Somebody's already been there. They have the learnings from it, and they can step right in and become very successful in that process. That's definitely true, and I think for a lot of owners, for a lot of franchise owners, that's a very important thing to really understand is that it really is a proven process, and sometimes they 
need to go ahead and follow that process to be successful. The one thing that I did want to mention and also get your feedback on a little bit is really the ownership aspect. Uh, because I think a lot of people, when they think about a franchise or they, they look at a business that's a franchise, a lot in their, from a consumer perspective, those lines are blurred, right? When you walk into a McDonald's, you really don't know if that's a McDonald's that's operated as a franchise or if it's a corporate owned. Correct. And some franchises are all, all of the locations are franchises and some you have corporate and franchise locations. So really what I've had some conversation with, with clients is some people don't see the franchise being a franchisee as ownership. And in some aspects, the, when you, when you buy a franchise, you're not buying the franchise, you're not buying a McDonald's. Uh, you might own the assets in the McDonald's and those types of things, but you're buying the license and the rights to, to use that brand. But you also have to follow the critique of what they say to do in that franchise. Um, and, you know, when you buy a franchise, too, there's some where your license will expire and you have to re-up. So, you're, you know, a franchisor is looking for people that are going to be successful. And the franchisee is looking for a franchisor that's going to help them be successful. And I think as long as you do due diligence going in and you look at it like a marriage, that uh, both parties play nice, if you will, and uh, there's a lot of communication and there's a lot of learning in that process, you can be very successful with the franchise scenario as long as you understand going in, you put your passion into it and understand that just because you buy a franchise does not mean it's going to be easy. Uh, if it was easy, everybody would quit their job you know, tomorrow and go open a franchise and live happily ever after. It's hard work, but as long as you do your due diligence, as long as you know where you're going, got a lot of passion behind it, work with your franchise or you stand a very, very good chance of success. Right. And one of the uh, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that we understand is I was on the phone with a client company the other day and they told the, the, the our candidate to spare me your creativity because we have a we have a system that works. And so if you can follow the rules and play within the guidelines and your success rate just skyrockets right from there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we work with a lot of franchisees and a few franchisors. And really, it's it's not always 100 percent rigid where everything is spelled out A to A to Z exactly what right. you have to do. But you have to understand that any decision you make impacts the brand as a whole. Right. So a lot of times, if you're going to be doing something that might be a little bit more creative or a little bit more new, it has to go back through the franchisor for approval. And a lot of times, that's really the key to understanding that you might be owning that license for that particular site, but you have to still play within the ball game of what everybody else is doing and take that back. And historically, looking at certain companies, I mean, looking back at McDonald's when they first started, almost all of their creativity came out of the franchises. And, you know, the Big Mac, as most people know, was not invented by McDonald's corporate. I mean, up until recently, McDonald's, corporate McDonald's didn't have a test kitchen. Now they do, but back then they didn't. So all of their new ideas coming out were coming out of individual locations. And so there's that level of creativity, but again, kind of controlled by the franchisor. And I wanted to also mention uh, as far as wealth building, and I think that's also an important aspect uh, because I think a lot of people go into business from the, for themselves to maybe leave a legacy, create a lasting business that 
their family can can at one point take over. And I think that's also an important aspect to consider with franchises as well, because just as individual businesses are purchased and sold and and bought, so franchises can uh, can be done the same way. And one of the benefits is really that the with franchises sometimes it can be easier. It can be an easier transaction rather than an independent business because if it's already a proven business model. You don't have the situation where you're buying a business, but the former owners have to stay on for two years and teach you how to run the business because now you have the franchisor, which will do that. And I've seen a lot of success also with training. Training new people and employees a lot of times can definitely be a strain on companies where employees are not properly trained and they're put into the workplace. And I think the franchisor, a lot of franchisors do provide that training and that really helps with being able to have employees that are ready to perform the tasks that they have to do when they step into the workplace. Yeah, if you're looking for a legacy, Vlad, the uh, you know multi-unit owners make up about 50% of all franchisees out there. So they've gone into the program, they found it successful, they want to leave a legacy for their family. And so once they find that uh, the pattern really does work with franchisors, they continue to multiply and multiply to make it that you know, that business model for their family much stronger to the future. Definitely. And it's a lot easier to finance as well. Uh, once you've proven, one of the things that banks look for is that you've proven that you can do this. Absolutely. And so if you've proven that you can successfully run a franchise in one location, it becomes much, much easier to get funding to open up a second, third, fourth location. And that becomes a lot easier for a business owner to do in order to leave that legacy and leave that ownership. Thank you both for being on the show. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you, Chris. Uh, again, our guests are Kevin Williams, the owner and executive of Executive Advantage Inc. and master license holder to personal business advisors. And Chris Williams, chief operating officer of Executive Advantage Inc. and uh, senior advisor for personal business advisors. And let me thank you as well, Vlad. Thank you, Strategic Insights Radio. Vlad Ruse of Sterling Rose Consulting Corps. And as you heard Vlad say, his guests, Kevin Williams and Chris Williams of Executive Advantage, Inc. Strategic Insights Radio is sponsored by Sterling Rose Consulting Corps and Made Right of Duluth. For a free download of a white paper based on the subject of why people choose franchises versus starting their very own business, visit strategicinsightsradio.com. You'll also be able to find out more information about our guests, Kevin Williams and Chris Williams, and their company, Executive Advantage, as well as our sponsors, Made Right of Duluth and Sterling Rose Consulting Corps. You can also call Vlad Ruse directly. His number, 470-238-9097. Future downloads of this show are available on, on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Until next time, we'll see you right here on Strategic Insights Radio. Mm-hmm.